Will you spend another summer working on your yard for your spouse, kids, and guests? Or would you rather spend the summer with your spouse, playing with the kids, and relaxing with guests? Hire Blue Duck Lawn Care to get the super healthy lawn you love and neighbors will envy. Blue Duck does the fertilizing and weed control. You just mow to get a lush, thick lawn. Best in your neighborhood. If it's got to be green, hire Blue. BlueDuckLawnCare.com. Remember, if it's got to be green, hire Blue. BlueDuckLawnCare.com. Good morning. It is Wednesday, July 12th. It is six minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That's Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there at Casey Daniels 317. And we're both on YouTube right now at Kendall and Casey in the YouTube search bar. So you may have uh, heard President Biden kind of sound angry from time to time. And now they're reporting that, yeah, he's got some anger issues. <laughs> and the view those ladies on the view they they were excusing his reported anger issues claiming that he's allowed to get mad they were discussing this recent report that said he's got a short temper and often lashes out at officials and of at all the ranks within his administration behind the scenes we have pondered this before and you're a woman so i will again give it to you mm-hmm who is the person who watches The View on a consistent <laughs> basis? No one. I, I, I they got to fill time somehow. Like there are right? people, you know, there are people out there and based on their ratings, you know, they clearly have viewers mm-hmm. who on a daily basis are like, oh my gosh, I can't wait for The View to be on. Who, what, what is the profile of that person? Well, I imagine their target demographic is probably a 25 to 54 year old female. Yeah. Who's. Yeah, maybe- there's no, there's no, oh, well, I mean, there are some men, obviously, but yeah. it's got to be, is it, it's a far left mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Not working, I guess. Or homesick. I don't know. When I was homesick, I would watch The Price is Right. But when that show comes on, turn the channel. Speaking of which. Mm hmm. In the modern era, yeah. and we totally didn't mean to go here, and I'm just going to spring this on you, but it has just prompted something <laughs> Are that Are we going to talk about prices, right? Well, no, I was going to say, in the modern... Okay, so you're a little more seasoned than me. Mm-hmm. However, we are of the same generation in the sense when we were younger, there was no internet when you were a teenager. Correct. 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 However, the, the, I was in the infancy age of the internet when I was growing up, but certainly when I was a smaller kid, there was not internet. So there was something magical about a day in which you did not have to go to school, whether it was you were feeling ill mm-hmm. or a snow day, Yeah. because it was like there was this whole world that existed that you were not privy to, but on those days, indeed, you were privy to them. And obviously, with no internet, you were not connected to the world outside. Sure. And I can remember, like on a snow day, mm-hmm. there would be nothing more magical than if it was snow, just enough to cancel school, but not enough to like derail your ability to travel by the middle of the day. And you could watch The Price is Right. Sure. You could watch... Uh, Jerry Springer, these the soap operas All that the were shows on, that were on when you were like normally this, in school. And you knew this stuff was existing, uh-huh. but you were not privy to this world. Yeah. And then it was like being able to walk outside mm-hmm. during the daytime mm-hmm. and see the world or be in an automobile during <laughs> the middle of the day. It was... I don't think that exists for kids anymore because everything is so it's right there in connected their pocket. now, right? Sure, yeah, it was a special treat. Well, the thing is, when you were home sick from school, you would watch Prices Right, and then I would nap when the when the soap operas came sure. on. Right? 
It was always like, okay, the showcase showdown. Uh-huh. And then, now it's time to take a nap. My grandparents watched The Young and the Restless every single day for probably 35 years, and it was like appointment viewing. When I was in college, I actually made one year my college schedule around Guiding Light. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I couldn't take classes when that show was on. Okay, so my point in all of this is there was a time where that was your daytime Mm -hmm. television, right? Like, it was feel good. Yeah. Like, even if you're watching Regis and Kathy Lee Mm -hmm. or whatever you're you're not getting some in-depth hardcore political commentary commentary i don't think you're getting that with the view well you're getting hardcore commentary it's not in depth <laughs> but it is very hardcore it's and, something and these group of this group of cackling hens mm-hmm. what is wrong with them I, I don't know but you have to listen to these fart knockers defend <laughs> biden because they're Joy Behar says she's turned on by Biden's (laughs) anger, which grosses me out. Uh, But even during their defense of him, they inadvertently, or maybe advertently, list everything that he's doing wrong. Like, this is why he's mad, because of this, 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 and this. I'm like, no, that's why we're mad. That's why the American people are mad. Let's, before we do a deep dive Mm -hmm. on trying to analyze this insanity, let's just play it for the people at home. Okay. I don't don't know. I think it was just someone being angry make you turned on. Yeah. (laughs) I just turned on by Biden's anger. I am, too. I like it. You like it? I do. Well, you have said that before. I like that. I mean, he's such a mild-mannered, sweet guy. But you know he's not. We've heard, listen, he has dropped more F-bombs than I have. Uncle Joe over the years. Uncle Joe has done that. I mean, over the years, we've heard him off mic say stuff. I mean, he's a regular guy. I don't know what she's talking about. She doesn't like this. She doesn't like it's whooping that it's like anger management and he needs anger management. He just blows off steam. It's white male privilege, it's called. You know, <laughs> imagine if it's a woman or a black guy doing that. Well, Not a, well, they I'm all give you a woman. Last night, putting my kids to bed, I was screaming so much. I, I turned to my husband and I said, my heart rate is like, I'm racing. And he's like, well, maybe it was the yelling. And I wake up to this headline of him getting mad. And I'm like, imagine waking up being President Biden. You're too old still. The economy sucks. The border's open. My, your son's a mess. What about that grandchild you don't claim? He's... He broke royal protocol with King Charles. Every way he turns, he does something wrong. He is allowed to get mad. I do at three small kids who do very and little. By the way, like, by the way, this whole notion that the economy is in bad shape, it's not. Why is he allowed to get mad? He did it. He is responsible for these things. That's like zero accountability right there. And this is the um, this is the thing that um, amazes me, and it happens on both sides of the aisle, right? Like our show is popular because we dislike both sides equally for different reasons. The Democrats are insane, and the Republicans are liars who never hold up their end of the bargain. But we call both sides out, and it is such a weird world to live in to so need to defend mm-hmm. someone or something that she just reels off all these things. He he did them. She listed like six things. Yeah, you're not an innocent victim here. You have created these things. You have been president of the United States for two and a half years. You know, there's always a six-month window, right? Like, you get a job, whether it's a governor, uh, you know, president, whatever. There is a window by which you say, okay, there were things that existed before you that you are not accountable for, but six months in... You are now accountable for what's been going on. So you are two years into the accountability game, Mm -hmm. and it is worse under you than it is for Trump. Now, we've laid out on this show all the things we think Trump did wrong during COVID, et cetera. Trump totally blew it during a huge portion of his presidency. 
However, that is no longer Trump's fault. You have been the president and you have wasted all sorts of time on stupid crap like trying to that you knew was never going to pass uh, muster in court, like trying to give people $10,000 off their college debt that they chose to take or uh, trying to get people fired if they didn't get a vaccine. I mean, it's just stupid stuff that's divisive that did nothing to help the country. And yet, even when they lay it out, mm-hmm. well, he has a right to be angry. He has, he's allowed to be mad. Well, some of those were campaign promises that I don't even know if he believed that were going to happen. But they call him a mild-mannered sweet guy. <laughs> Was he being a mild-mannered sweet guy when he called Fox News' Peter Ducey a stupid son of a bee? No, yeah, Joe, Joe that's Bi- not mild-mannered. And Joe Biden's been this way his whole life. Like, he always plays, and he did it well for a while, the aw shucks, mm-hmm. crazy, fun-loving Uncle Joe. Joe Biden is a scumbag, and he's a moron. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's both of them, right? Mm-hmm. There are, like, I could see, and we all know what a complete crap bag Bill Clinton was as a human being, but I could see where if you hung out with Bill Clinton, wow, what a cool guy. He'd be fun to go play around round of golf with. Bill Clinton would be fun to go to the strip club with. Bill Clinton would be fun to pound a few brews with. There's nothing about Joe Biden where you're like, oh my gosh, that would be so fun to hang out with Joe Biden because he's such a likable, endearing guy. Joe Biden's an ass. Mm-hmm. He's a mean, angry, old, corrupt ass. Just look at the way he's treating the seventh grandchild. Yeah, Navy, no kidding. Navy Roberts, Navy Biden, whatever uh, you know her name is these days. Uh, but- that just shows this they're like so embarrassed by this and i don't understand it because families are made up of all different kinds and this your son had sex with another woman she got pregnant that is a human being that's correct a full person that he is denying the existence of that's correct and you know the mother is educated. She was in an, an athlete in college. They should be more proud of the mom than they are of Hunter Biden. Yeah. I mean, you could brag about Navy's mother easier than Hunter. Right. Well, and here's the thing, and I've long said this, look, people could say whatever they want. Um, strippers are some great entrepreneurs. But that's not all she did. Well, I, mean, I know. She, she's got a business brain. I, look, I'm trying to give her credit for that. You know the amount of money, do you know the amount of cash untaxable cash money a stripper who knows what she's doing can walk out on a friday or saturday night no well i'm telling you <laughs> tell me because Rob. i have had many friends who have worked in the uh-huh. industry uh-huh. they uh, there are look it is really nah we're not even gonna get into it i just think it shows i'm gonna leave the sex talk to you last hour uh-huh. casey we'll I leave it, it there it just shows that his total lack of humanity he's not a mild man or sweet guy at all it is 60 minutes after 11 it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimpta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different ask your healthcare provider about kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com brought to you by novartis pharmaceuticals corporation 19 after 11 it is kendall and casey on 93 WIBC. 
Shall we play another wild and wacky edition of What in the World is Kamala oh, Saying? Oh, jeez. Yeah, she faced a bunch of criticism and sarcasm after she made a really obvious declaration about the issue of transportation. So her and Mayor Pete, Pete Buttigieg, they were having a roundtable about transportation. And uh, Kamala, well, she's trying to explain with her word salad ways of what transportation is. And I again want to thank the Secretary for your work. Uh, This issue of transportation is fundamentally about just making sure that people have the ability to get where they need to go. (laughs) It's that basic. I can recall when my daughter was young asking her if she knew what Google meant. And she said it takes you where you need to go. So, (laughs) in her mind, transportation and Google, they could be the same thing. I was talking about this with somebody the other day about like when I was a kid it didn't seem like from a technology standpoint there was that much life altering change mm-hmm. when when I was a young kid I would go to the library to play number munchers on the computer <laughs> I had the high score at one point at the Brownsburg Public Library sure you did uh, not sure how long that that lasted there's probably a computer somewhere or a floppy disk with my name still on it like like George Lewis Costanza with the Frogger on yep. Seinfeld but by the time I had graduated elementary school so from start to finish you were still using a desktop computer. There was no internet. You were playing Oregon Trail. It was probably a better design game than Number Munchers. But it was still, in that case, you were still using like floppy disks mm-hmm. to, to to do things. So, But in the case of your daughter, like if you were to take, because she is 21, 21. 21 a, a uh, seven or eight year span in her life and in terms of how technology changed, think about just finding locations. Think about how much I can remember taking those trips to North Carolina in the early before iPhone was really a thing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And you would have to print out on MapQuest right. or Google Map the turn, directions, turn by turn. turn by turn directions. And if you missed said turn, there was no recalibrating. Right. There was, oh crap, how in my mind do I recalibrate myself back to get back on the, and that wasn't that, that was 15 years ago. Yeah. In your daughter's world, she does not know a world by which you can travel. Without maps. Right. Or waves or whatever. My, uh, my wife's grandfather was a trucker. Mm-hmm. And he still has the, whatever, the McNally Road Atlas. Rand McNally. Rand McNally Road Atlas. And the first time I met him, he pulls that bad boy out mm-hmm. and he starts pointing at things on maps and how he's going from point A to point B like today. And I'm thinking, what year am I in? Yes. What is going on? But that is so rare now mm-hmm. that that is a world your daughter does not no. It's interesting you bring that up because I was I drove to St. Louis over the weekend to visit my mom and I had to stop at a rest area and there was a car and they were all out and the dad had the big folded map out <laughs> and he was, you know, looking at yeah. it and and I thought I I almost wanted to pull over and talk to him yeah. like, "Wow, really you're still using the the trifold map?" Instead of what's on your phone, yeah. I, I didn't because they were total strangers at a rest area. And <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But I thought, it, when was the last time you saw that? Well, and I was thinking, you know, like, um, 
I can remember driving, you know, in my early 20s places, like you'd go on trips mm-hmm. where places you weren't familiar. The big one was like if you would go to a concert, like I can remember going to concerts in Chicago and Cincinnati, and you're thinking, okay, how do I get into this building, right? Like, how do I get to a parking lot that is safe to park for this building, for this concert? And then how do I get out of there? And that is now a thing that people don't, I mean, you just turn your phone on it, turn left, turn right, boom, boom, boom. Well, not only that, but it'll tell you if there's a traffic jam as well. Yeah. And if you're going to be delayed longer. Uh, But Kamala Harris saying the issue of transportation is fundamentally about just making sure people have the ability to get where they need to go. Brilliant. Insightful. Are they trying to make her sound less intelligent so the president (laughs) sounds smarter? I don't know if you've ever seen this show, Rob. Have you ever seen uh, Veep? With Julia Louis Dreyfus. Uh, no, because she's a hyper left maniac, and I refuse to subject myself to that. However, I still will watch her on Seinfeld because I I like Seinfeld. But no, I've never seen that show. Okay, well, this show loosely based on Sarah Palin. Uh, it's a comedy, but somebody did a mashup between Julia Louis Dreyfus on Veep and Kamala Harris, and it's scary that you really can't tell a difference. Words have many meanings, and sometimes instead of conveying our meaning, they can suggest other meanings. When we talk about the children of the community, they are a children of the community. Well, we are the United States of America because we are united. And we are states. Of the significance of the passage of time, right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time. Whatever we have in store cannot be known. The past was once the future. The future is, I should say, unknown. We got to take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to have to take it seriously. Obesity is a serious disease, and it needs to be taken seriously. Certain issues are just settled. Clearly, we're not. No, that's right. And that's why I do believe that we are living, sadly, in um, real unsettled times. Mm -hmm. It's like a comedy. Her vice presidency is a comedy. And remember poor Sarah Palin because she she didn't even say it, Mm -hmm. but they did the thing about, I can see Russia from my house, which she didn't even actually say. Yeah. But... Think about how she was just slaughtered. Right. For, say, at, for and, say, not even saying things. And this woman, who is the vice president now, is a legit moron. I mean, she is a stupid person. And, <laughs> oh, it's fine. Look at who's running our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so a jury has found that a document handwritten by Aretha Franklin and found stuffed in her couch after her 2018 death is a valid will. So she had two handwritten wills. One was written in 2010. The other was written in 2014. And they became kind of the center of a long battle between her sons over her $6 million estate. But they found a will that was stuffed in her couch. And the decision came down in Michigan that, yeah, that will from 2018 will override the previous wills. Now, now, look, I don't know if she had money problems or what. But a $6 million net worth for Aretha Franklin seems doesn't very seem low, like, doesn't yeah, it? it does. It does like the seem music low. catalog alone. But again, I don't know whether she made poor business choices. Did she not own her music? Did, you know, I don't know what the whole story is there. But that was what stood out to me was 
she was only worth six million. Her net worth was only six million dollars. Yeah. And she did not leave a formal typewritten will behind. She died five years ago at the age of 76. But now the court is saying that this piece of paper she drafted on in 2018 and was stuffed in the couch. Yeah. That's the will they're going with. I think I'm going to I think that's what I'm going to do. I think that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to bury my will somewhere in my backyard. <laughs> Let Bruce find and it. And whoever gets it first <laughs> will get the loot. I think maybe that's the route I'm going to go. We'll make it make a little treasure hunt out of it, like a, like a Goonies or a, a National Treasure uh, episode. Farm Aid has announced that it's coming to Indy for the first time in more than 20 <laughs> years. And we've got those details coming up from 93 WIBC. It is 11.32. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Jim Merritt is going to join us in just a bit. But first, let's talk about Farm Aid. For the first time in more than two decades, Farm Aid's going to return to Indiana. It's going to be at the Ruoff Music Center. It's the 23 edition of the event. It will take place on Saturday, September 23rd. Tickets go on sale this Saturday at LiveNation.com. So it's not the first time that Farm Aid has been here in Indiana. They came to the Hoosier Dome in 1990. And then what, the Farm Aid Concert 2001, which was a concert for America, which happened right after 9-11. Yeah, that was at, uh, I believe that was at Ruoff, whatever Ruoff is now, was then. It may have even been still been Deer Creek back yeah. then. Um so uh, the headliners are the two traditional ones, Mellon Camp and Willie Nelson. Mm-hmm. So I'm super. Casey, we may have to go to this because my dear friend Troy Kennett, one of the great local musicians, one of the greatest local musicians in Indianapolis history, uh, plays keys for John Mellon Camp. Phenomenal guy. And I have seen him play with many different bands. However, I've never seen him play with John Mellon Camp. So. And I know you love Willie Nelson. I can't tell you. That is the total polar opposite of musicians that I have met. Willie Nelson ranks within the top, the best, the nicest, sweetest man. Mm -hmm. Spent time with me, invited me on his tour bus. We hung out. And then there's John Mellencamp who was like, don't meet your heroes because he could not have been in a bigger hurry to get the heck out of there and took one blurry photo and then scurried off. Well, we've talked about this with Mellencamp before in which it is, um, it's, it's a disappointing thing by which a guy whose music celebrates what we are in the sense of, I thought John Mellencamp many, many times in a very strong capacity, captured what the Indiana experience is like for many people. And that was his great talent. His great talent was he was able to capture life, especially in Southern Indiana, but it applied many people, the stories, the songs, the people. Um, and he had that phenomenal talent. And I always thought in Mellencamp songs, it wasn't so much that the entire depth depth of the song was so great but they're always like one or two lines mm-hmm. in a melon camp song where you would just go oh my gosh that is that is gut-wrenchingly good like in in pink houses you know the, the you know the uh this the they said when you're younger boy you're going to be president but just like everything else those old crazy dreams just kind of came and went. went and like in every melon camp hit like i never thought the song was this super deep thing but there was something inside of the song that was 
undescribably good. And so for a guy who captured the essence of what it's like to be so many of us, and many people have described the same experience that you had, that, and it's never been me, I've never had that experience, I've never met him, I've never conversed with him, but that is very disappointing. Yeah. To know multiple people who have had the same experience, this kind of similar experience. I, I wonder. He's like the Ron DeSantis of music. He just doesn't want to deal with the people. Yeah, it is, and it comes off as rude or it, aloof. It, it is. It is fascinating. But I'm strongly considering going to this because I know you love w- Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. and I want to see my great friend Troy Kennett play mm-hmm. keys with Mellencamp. And I told Kev, I was looking at the, I always love the uh, other acts yeah. that are a part of uh, Farm Aid. The string cheese incident. The string cheese incident <laughs> is still around and will be a part of Farm Aid. And uh-huh. I told, I think Kev, that's the sort of music that I think Kev would love. The, uh, the Have you heard the string cheese incident before? You know, I've heard of them, but I've never listened to oh, them. Oh, that is what? right up your alley. What's their like a jam, They're like jam band type stuff. Oh, okay. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not much of a jam band guy, but I, pro- I probably could appreciate it. Well, uh, it's better than Nirvana. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well. Neil Young is going to be there as well and uh, Bob Weir and also Dave Matthews Band with Tim Reynolds. Uh, Dave Matthews Band. Here's a quick Dave Matthews story for you. So I, I've seen the Dave Matthews Band many times and at one point... <laughs> Are you one of those people... I don't know what that means. Like, but the, you know, probably, the, da- the, Dave, no. the, the Dave yes. Matthews people. Which is what? Where your whole week centers around, oh my gosh, I'm going to go sit 10 miles away from Dave Matthews and I'm going to go. I mean, you know the Dave Matthews. Yeah. He's smiling. I, I have a he friend. knows. I have a friend I'm not who's one like of those. That. There are people who their whole life centers around going to the Dave Matthews show every summer. And they always have to post 10 million pictures, even though he's been playing the same songs for like 20 years. No, I'm not and one of those people. Okay, thank you. Kev knew exactly what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, Dave Matthews like band that. guy, yes. One time uh, we were doing a, the meet and greet, doing the backstage with uh-huh. them. And like many times they'll have catering, right? They yeah. have food and drinks and sure. whatever. And it's just if you're backstage, it's, well, you know, help yourself. Well, one time we were doing that and... <laughs> The manager walked over and was like, hey, who are all these people back here and why are they eating all the food (laughs) for his family? His family was at the concert and it was a family party. All the people hey. backstage started eating all the food. You, you guys are out of control. This food isn't free. Felt really foolish. Yeah, about this, is a good, that time. this is a, like a big lineup, right? I mean, yeah. like you said, Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. Neil Young, Mellencamp, Dave Matthews. Now, I don't think this is the Dave Matthews band. No, and that's why when they say he's with Tim Reynolds, it could just be an acoustic set. Uh, Bob Weir, who is of the Grateful Dead, mm-hmm. is going to be. I mean, that, Neil Young. Now the tickets are not cheap. No, uh, seventy-five to three hundred and fifteen dollars. Yeah, but when you think about all of the acts you get to see like again kev with his affinity for string cheese incident uh and if you're a fan of even one of these individuals all the other acts you get associated with that that's mm-hmm. not a, that's not a bad value no farm aid's uh been doing this since 1985 and since the inception the event has raised more than 70 million dollars wow all right we've got jim merritt who's going to join us next it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob, Casey's here, and oh, Casey, what a way to close out the show today. Look who it is. I know, we're going to finish strong today with Jim Merritt. Yeah, Robert! Thought, uh, Merritt, I was like, what time am I going to be on? I said, we're closing strong today, Merritt. We're closing <laughs> with you. I uh, spent 30 years in the Indiana Senate, uh, ran for mayor of the city of Indianapolis. Jim Merritt, how are you, my friend? Robert, I'm well, thank you. How's the father? Well, I'm doing uh, I'm doing great, and uh, I'm still in one piece, and I'm still on the right side of the dirt, and I have, uh, well, I'm not going to say I've perfected the art of changing the diaper yet, Jim, but uh, I'm getting pretty darn good at it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful part of life, and I have three wonderful kids and four uh, wonderful granddaughters, and uh, I'm glad you're experiencing that, that time in life. Before uh, we get into politics, yes. I do want to ask Jim, uh, because he just laid out all of the children and grandchildren he has, what advice would you give to new dad, Rob Kendall? Understand that you're third in line. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and in and some cases, fourth. And sometimes fourth. Sometimes. And, and uh, uh, you know, it, it's, um, you give your all. Uh, you, you, that, that, that wonderful child, Olivia, is, is really the essence of your life now. And, uh, and, and you really take um, a status in the household of, of support. Oh, Jim, I've been last in my house for a long time, buddy. <laughs> this is nothing new. Here is one thing I will say. I think babies are like dogs in the sense of they can sense fear. Mm-hmm. And I think my baby knew until very recently I feared changing the diaper. Mm-hmm. And I think it was some sort of control thing with my baby where she would be like, I'm running this operation. And now when I change the diaper, I look at Olivia, I will hold her and I say, you have nothing over me now. Well, the, 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 you conquered the diaper. <laughs> You'll uh, love every step of this, where uh, the rolling over mm-hmm. and the crawling, holding and, the neck up at this point. And, yeah, and and uh, there's plenty of excitement uh, in just right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um. So, speaking of rolling over and crawling, uh, <laughs> that might be the best way to describe the previously three people running for governor on the Republican side, Doden, Crouch, and Holcomb, because that's about all they're doing is rolling over and crawling. Uh, but now, now, things just got real interesting. We had him on the show earlier today, Curtis Hill, in the race. I had a, I had a guy describe me years ago like this, Jim, when I was in politics. He said, Rob's just like a little pepper in the soup. <laughs> and Jim, to me, Curtis Hill, is pepper in the soup because he may be many things, but he will not be boring, and this race now has a pulse. Yeah, and you know, one of the reasons why we talk about politics is because it's interesting. It also affects our daily lives, and and uh, this is what this race needed, Robert, and I... Uh, I, I, before now, it was kind of like a popularity contest, Casey, mm-hmm. where everybody would go to the county fair or, or the local Republican dinner or, um, just a variety of, of events. Now, I think, um, Mr. Hill's Curtis's entry into the race kind of makes it a serious situation, and uh, and he's well known conservative around the state of Indiana. Uh, we know running statewide is quite a task. Ninety two counties, uh, very long state. Uh, you can't be at, in New Albany and South Bend in the same day unless you have a 
plane mm-hmm. and uh campaigning is hard and uh, and it just the the race just got interesting. Uh, Jim Merritt, our guest, talking about Curtis Hill declaring his run for governor, how that changes things. So, and I'll be curious to get Casey's thoughts on this too. I heard him say things that I've heard no other candidate say, which is that the current Republican Party is highly flawed in a variety of areas. I mean, yeah. he took on the spending. He mm-hmm. took on the taxes. He, he took on the shutdown. Yeah, the education. I mean, he said the things. Now, he doesn't have he didn't really offer any strong detailed plan on how he's going to fix property taxes or fix the you know gas tax or or curb what he's actually going to cut but he at least said something that the others aren't willing to say which is this party sucks. <laughs> well, he didn't say it like that. I, 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 I'm, I'm using different words than he is. But I mean, that's what we say. Look, there are all these flaws, and nobody seems to want to admit that that the, there are major issues with the Republican Party in this state. Well, I think uh, a lot of times what I look for in a candidate is what they stand for, and and it and politics is now a candidate-driven business. And and the party is there to support in some aspects, and and that's what you're seeing in all these campaigns that that these candidates are going to these events. Uh, but one thing that they really haven't figured out is that people are looking uh, for reason to believe, and people are looking for uh, what, but what these individuals actually stand for. And we got crickets, Casey. Mm-hmm. We've got crickets and 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 uh, you know you t- you want to talk about the spending and and whatnot, but I, I I think that what we all want to know is is how you're going to be as a chief executive officer of the state of Indiana. It seems to me that when it comes to a lot of the different issues, he has uh, been true to his original message since he first got into office. And do you think that this is something that's going to resonate with Hoosiers as this campaign starts to heat up? Well, I think I think first of all, he's way behind. Yeah. Uh, most of the, uh, all the candidates have six months to a year in front of them. And Suzanne Crouch has been running for governor for a lot longer than that she announced. Her entire it, adult life yes, is the and word so you're she, looking for, Jim. He, he, he's, he's late. Uh, she has uh, a repetitive system of announcing people who are supporting him and supporting her mm-hmm. in the party. And so he is far, far behind. And, uh, and also, we we got to talk about money. Uh, mm-hmm. The idea of raising money and being able to put a, a solid campaign, because come November, um, uh, it's all hands on deck with all these candidates, if not now. And so it, it's... Um, He's very, very, very behind, and just because he's run in all 92 counties, that doesn't mean that he's got a campaign all set up. Because there's it's, no, uh, Sorry, I mean to cut you off. Jim Merritt's our, our guest. We're talking about Curtis Hill declaring he's running for governor in the state of the governor's race on the Republican side. Because, uh, again, we this is what we do on this show, right? Like, we do the good and the bad, and we laid out the good, which is he said all the things that the people need to hear about the state of the Republican Party. The issue with him, I think he's going to have, is that, and we talked about this coming up in the in the elevator before the interview, 
he he can dismiss the allegations against him, and he should in the sense that there were never any criminal wrongdoing. There was never any ethics violation found. The lawsuits against him were thrown out. But the reality is when his bio is written by the media, who does not like him because of, his, of many of his socially conservative views, mm-hmm. it is Curtis Hill who was accused of, yep. and then it goes into the thing. And for, I don't I don't think he has yet developed a plan to deal with that. And I think part of it may be he's never really said, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. I certainly didn't do anything criminally, criminally or ethically wrong, but I put myself in a bad situation and I should not have done that. I've never felt like with Curtis there was that there was that um, acceptance of some sort of role in this position. And I don't know how you unbreak that being the narrative the media always writes about you. Maybe it doesn't matter. But Robert, let me just pose this to you. Uh, what about Donald Trump? And and he just moves on to the next media cycle. Six mi- minutes after what has been divulged about him, he gets indicted. His his popularity goes up, and so I, I'm certain that uh, that uh, Mr. Hill Curtis will Curtis Hill, former Attorney General Curtis Hill, will just move on. And and uh, people are looking for leadership. He knows that. Uh, Indiana is a conservative place. He knows that. And so he's just moving on. And he probably thinks that politicians, the the opinion of politicians, most people out there, a pox on all their houses. They're all doing this. And he... He has a. He believes he can move on from his record, and um, and we've seen other politicians in the arena do that. Because the reality is, and we talked about this with him. You got a guy in Jim Lucas who was convicted of the thing, and since he pled guilty to driving under the influence, mm-hmm. fleeing the scene of an accident, and now it comes out, you know, THC in his system. I don't think that was a surprise to anyone. No. But he pled guilty to those things. And yet Curtis was never even charged with anything. Right, and Jim will win re-election next year. And the Republican Party is all quiet on the Western Front about Jim Lucas, but when it was Curtis Hill, well, boy, they couldn't, like, like, you know, again, I use the phrase, they Holcomb practically tore a hamstring, sprinting to a podium to condemn the guy, and I hope the average person looks at that and goes, they did it because they don't like him, and they don't see anything about Jim Lucas because he's a reliable vote for them. This guy, this guy being Curtis Hill, is getting a raw deal. Well, that's exactly right, and 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 people um i go back to people want to be given a reason to believe they want to see leadership they understand the republican party has been in charge ever since the turn of the century and and uh, they want to they want to believe in somebody and whoever uh steps out running for governor who gives them uh, some sort of feeling that leadership is there, should we have another pandemic, should we have a crisis, that they're going to be, that leader is going to be there, that is going to be uh, somebody that that can make sure their life does not change and that people um, uh, at the top know what they're doing. So a lot of people I've heard saying that since Curtis Hill announced his run that um, it's going to split with him and Mike Braun and just give more support to Suzanne Crouch. Do you think that's the case? Well, I think Suzanne, you know, it's a Republican primary. Mm -hmm. And so Suzanne has done a good job of demonstrating she has Republicans in the uh, grassroots and, and local offices that support her. And so 
I, I think it can crack a, a, a lots of different ways. And, and who knows? We may have more candidates that enter the fray. And so it, it, it all depends on how many uh, actual Republicans they get to the polls next May. And it very well could help Suzanne. And and uh, I'm not sure what the Braun campaign is doing right now. I've said on this program many times that I thought that uh, Senator Bray should Leave the Senate. Ron. Come home. Ron, Excuse me, uh, Senator. However, I also agree Rod Bray should leave the Senate. We are in total agreement on that. My apologies. Absolutely. Senator Braun should leave the U.S. Senate mm-hmm. and uh, come home and run for governor full-time because that's what he wants to do. He wants to be governor of the state of Indiana. He's co-sponsoring bills right now right. in the and, Senate. Right. And I think running for governor has to be a total focus, and Senator Braun should do so. Uh, tell us about Merritt in the Morning and where people can find you. Oh, Merritt in the Morning. Uh, I met Jim. Underline Merit and Merit in the morning. We're having Greg Doyle from the oh. Indy Star this week on Thursdays uh, from Cafe Audrey. Okay, and you can find it on YouTube, Facebook, Merit in the morning. Jim Merritt, your national treasure. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you, Jim, and thank you, Rob, and thank you, Kevin. Good job to you, and thanks for listening. We're going to catch you back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Have a great day.